Joel, you know, we've known each other for a couple of years now, and, you know, you're one of the nicest guys I know. I mean, there's times I've called you, need help with something at the church or something, and you've always just lended a helping hand, and you're, just, you're really pleasant to be around, but you, know, you were telling me that that wasn't always the case in your life. You weren't always the nicest guy. No, no, I, I definitely was not. Um, I had, uh, you know, I had serious anger issues. Uh, anger and, and to the point of almost rage uh, and, it, and it progressed as I got older and uh, I think I used it to play sports and all the way through high school and college but it, the problem with it was it didn't stop on the court it carried over into everyday life uh, to classrooms to walking down the street to you know riding in a car uh, I just had you know just it's, it's unbelievable as far as I look back now and see the the anger I had. Why are you different today than you were back, you know, 10 years ago? Uh, you know, one day I was, uh, actually ran into one of my good buddies I played basketball with. You know, we had the same issues I had. We had done very much a similar thing we and together. And uh, there was something different about him this time. And talked to him, I realized he had come to know Jesus. Mm -hmm who I did not know, you know, I was lost. And so uh, as I researched it more and started talking to him, I, I, I bought a Bible. I never owned one, never opened one up. And as I started reading through it, I realized I'm lost. I, I do not know this Jesus. And, uh, and as I literally in my room accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, it was an instantaneous. He took the fire from me. It was, it was, you know, I, I can just remember it. It was, it was one second. The fire and rage was in there, and literally, it was just a split second difference. Well, did other people start noticing the difference in your life? Oh, uh, yes. You know, you could. With me, it was uh, very evident because I was so volatile, and uh, so the stuff that would I would go out with friends and and, and, and at work. And, uh, and the way I treated people before and the stuff that got me angry, it did it all. Joel, when you see someone's angry, like you recognize that guy's got an anger issue, mm -hmm. what do you share with them? It says in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17, that, uh, you know, therefore, new, if you are in Christ, you're new creation. Uh, the old is gone. Yeah. The new is here. So at the end of the day, that was true with me. If it's true with you, it can be true with other people as well. Absolutely. I think you're up. Yeah, golf plays is a good place to talk about. Golf course is a good place to talk about anger, okay? <laughs> uh, for some of us that don't play very well. Anyway, uh, I would love to talk to you today about overcoming anger. We talked about overcoming stress last week. Today we're talking about overcoming anger. If you need a pen, just raise your hand. One of the ushers will be glad to bring one out to you. You're going to want to take some notes today. Uh, I shared with some of the volunteers before we put our service together here in Prattville this morning. We have a little group meeting, kind of talk through the day how it's all going to go. I said, I'm talking about anger today. And so, um, you know, none of us here deal with it, but there might be one or two people who come today who have to deal with this. And it's like, and everybody laughed because this is something we all deal with. If we're not upset about something uh, during the course of any given week, we are likely to run into somebody who's upset with us. And maybe completely justified, maybe unjustifiable. But we're going to have to deal with anger. Fortunately, we have a guide in all matters of faith and practice, God's Word. 
Today, I want to give you a number of um, touchstones, a number of practical verses from Scripture with some good practical insight, hopefully, to help us deal with this. Um, none of us are immune from this, me either. Man, I labor over things like this because, like, I, I wish I could tell you I have always handled my temper perfectly, and I've, man, I am Mr. Perfect when it comes to dealing with others when they're angry at me. I'm not. I work on it all the time. This is a hard one because emotions are very, uh, that emotion of anger, it's very powerful. And you let anger get out of control, <sighs> lots of damage. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll jump right in. Lord, I thank you for your uh, word. It is our guide in all matters of faith and practice. We can come to you when we want to talk about dealing with any issue in your word. And uh, you give us such good insight. No exception here with anger. There's lots in the Bible about how to handle our anger. Lord, some of us today are coming in and we're mad as fire at somebody who's just done us wrong or said something about us or didn't follow through. There are other people here this morning, They had somebody gave them the what for in a 20-minute conversation on the phone just yesterday. Blessed them out and didn't spare any language. It hurt. And a lot of us are somewhere in between. There's not a one of us here who hasn't had to deal with this sometime. And so, Father, I pray that today you'll speak and move me out of the way and help us understand better how we might control our own tempers, Lord, how we might respond to others who don't control theirs. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. So, let's talk about what anger is. If you're going to look up, I combined a number of dictionary definitions here. If you're going to talk about anger, anger is a strong feeling of annoyance, irritation, or a hostility. Being upset because, something is, because of something wrong or bad. Um, if you're a teenager, it's a younger brother. Okay, or something like that. You know, that's the way I experienced it. My brother felt like I was always irritating him. Can anybody relate to that? You know, if you have siblings? Okay, yeah, none of you can. Okay, anyway, of course we can. If you had siblings, you know what it's like. It's like I feel like they're always mad at me. They're always picking on me. That's just part of it. And that could well up in anger there, or it could be at work, or it could be anywhere. And so uh, we're all going to experience anger. The problem that I want to talk about here is uncontrolled anger is just is destructive. Since we're all going to have anger, anger is a legitimate emotion. I mean, if, uh, if you heard about there's tons of flooding going on and that, that has gone on and it's still continuing, the damage isn't completely all gone everywhere in Louisiana. Well, my goodness, uh, if you heard about somebody who was trying to uh, loot people's property during that time or uh, price gouging people for a gallon of gas, charge them $20 for a gallon of gas, that would make you angry. And it should. That's unjust. If you hear about human trafficking where people are kidnapped and sold into slavery, that should make us angry. That's not a bad thing if we're angry at injustice. And if it propels us to uh, do things about this, to solve these problems, to pass the correct laws, to enforce those laws, to set things right and stand for justice, to help the poor and the needy and the innocent, that's a good thing. The problem is anger doesn't stop there. And many times... It's not just that we're concerned about a justice issue or things. I lost an argument, or that hurt my feelings, and I can't let go of this. And now all of a sudden, this turns into something very, very dangerous. Proverbs 29.11 talks about anger this way. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. And please circle the word control. That's what we're going to talk about today. All of us will have anger, and some of us struggle more with the control part of it than others. 
Anger is cruel, and wrath is like a flood. Let's talk about that anger, that uncontrolled anger. I've often heard that, that. You know, the emotion of anger is like a river. When it spills out of its banks, it's like a flood. Everybody loves a beautiful river and sailing down a beautiful river. Nobody likes a flood. Floods just destroy things without any thought of consequence. You've heard that our ancestors are told, this is Jesus, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Jesus said, hey, you've heard that murder's bad. Well, it is bad. But let me tell you what's even also, what's also bad is the whole idea of that I hate you and I detest you. And I'm so angry, I would love to do you wrong. Well, I haven't committed murder, but remember, God created us to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Well, I can't love you if I hate you. I mean, the people who reacted strongly, there were people who were really angry when Jesus said this. There were Pharisees there, teachers of the Bible. They knew the Old Testament backwards, forwards, and inside out. They knew it all. And they didn't like Jesus at all. And the very people that would be resenting him, there were many people who heard that. There were some people there that probably had heard this live when Jesus preached this, because I'm certain he taught it many times, not just at one place. Uh, but some of those people were the ones who plotted Jesus' murder. They didn't do it themselves, but they convinced the Romans to make sure he was nailed to a cross. They didn't commit murder, but they hated him enough to demand that someone else do it. Would that be the way we think? Well, I didn't do it, but I'm glad it happened. If I allow my heart to start going there, and I harbor up anger and bitterness towards somebody else, what does that make me? Except a hard-hearted, angry person. And now I'm not loving God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'm not loving my neighbor as myself. I'm just balled up with anger. And so Jesus says, watch out. Just because you didn't commit the act doesn't mean you didn't do damage to your soul. Does everybody understand what's, what we're talking about here? Our attitudes matter, not just our actions. And that's why, man, I've prayed over this. This is something we got. This is something that we're okay with in our society now. We routinely use filthy language. We're a vulgar society on Facebook, on television. I mean, we call people idiots all the time. That's now part of the political process. And as Christians, we can't go there. I mean, because, like I said, we can get this all worked up. Well, who's listening? And then all of a sudden, people carry things to a much greater extreme than we ever imagined. And we did nothing to calm things down. Well, so there are three helpful strategies I want to present to you for handling our anger towards others there'll be another point where we talk about dealing with anger that others have toward us so let's start with our anger first in your anger do not sin ephesians 4 26 could we read that together please in your anger do not sin one more time in your anger do not sin the bible doesn't say and bible acknowledges there's going to be things that happen in our lives that make us angry when somebody cuts you off in traffic and or yells and swears at you, or does something wrong to you that's wrong, that's angrying, we are going to get angry. And, the, and so Paul is writing here, he's just saying, hey, look, it's going to happen, but in your anger, don't sin. And so people say, well, 
So how do I handle my anger? Well, I thought it would be helpful if we would put, uh, there's a little gauge here, and, and I hope if misspelling makes you angry, then, then that makes you angry because gauge is misspelled. So anyway, don't get too angry over that. Um, it's G-A-U-G-E. So anyway, uh, I want you to know that. But uh, the whole idea here is that if, um, if we are going to uh, talk about how to hand, handle anger, I want us to see things on a spectrum because there are different things that happen to us in, in, in our lives, and we need to handle them differently in order to get rid of our anger and so we don't sin. Point one for small offenses, so if I have a, a small offense over here, well, the right thing to do, and so it's going to take my anger up, say, this high. That's what I mean by a gauge like this. You can see this like a, a, a gauge on your dashboard where you're going to overheat with anger. So I hope that illustration makes sense to you. Well, if it's a small offense, the right thing in the Bible is to just let it go. For small offenses, we let them go. I mean, somebody cuts you off in traffic. I was in Atlanta yesterday, and somebody cut me off. And they, I think they waved at me, but it was an odd kind of wave. I'll just leave it there, okay? Um, <laughs> that was Atlanta. They have a strange greeting. I don't know what that means. I, I think I did know what it meant. But anyway, uh, I wasn't driving fast enough, apparently. I'm not from Atlanta. Okay, so... Uh, Anyway, I was thinking about all this, and it just it made me laugh because it's like, I don't know where that person's going. I couldn't keep up with them anyway. And I could let that make me angry the rest of the day, right? Is that really what I want? No. I'm, I don't even know who that was. So you know what the right choice is? Let it go. Proverbs 19.11, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Can you overlook a wrong a small thing like that, can you just let it go? Now remember again, here's what we're talking about. If there's a gauge, well, that made me angry, so I got to hear, well, can I let it go? If I let it go, well, then the anger's gone, and I can move on with my day. An hour later, I'm not even thinking about it. Can we do that? That's a choice. That's a choice. We have to make it. God will help us do it. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight. Remain silent. There's another thing we can do, and this is all part of this again, to let it go. Hey, I can think about it overnight. Somebody said something to me at work. I'm really ticked off. I think I'll write an angry email, and then, I, well, no, I'll post it on Facebook. That's what I do. That'll solve everything. Um, you would be wise to think about that overnight, because a lot of times we wake up in the morning, it's like, pfft, I don't even know why I was so upset about it. Any agreement on this one? That's wisdom. So if it's a small thing, and it's got my anger up, i got to let it, let it go, drain it off. Secondly, well, what if it's a bigger thing? But John, this isn't a small thing. This is a larger issue, or um, you know, this is repeated, where I've told people about this, and let's say that's not a guy in Atlanta, that's my next door neighbor. This is happening three times a week. Well, I can't just let that go. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to do this, and so I need to go confront the offending person. Man, when we talk about confrontation, some of us are going, oh, that's the worst word in the world. Okay, if that's too frightening, talk to them about the issue. But confronting the issue, addressing the issue is what we're talking about here. If I'm going to talk to somebody, I need to do it quickly. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, and don't give the devil a foothold. 
So now the, the gauge has moved to here. And I'm going, hey, this isn't a small thing. How am I going to get how am I going to get this to change? Well, <laughs> if I'm going to get things to change, I'm going to have to go talk to them. I can't let this go. I try to let it go, and it just keeps happening. So we talk to the neighbor. Hey, what's going on here? What's happening? And I'm going to do it quickly, because otherwise I'm going to just dwell on this. And I'm going to keep the anger, I'm going to keep the anger up here, because I'm still dwelling on it, hanging on to it. And the other person might not even know I'm thinking about it, right? Hmm. I'm going to do it privately. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. That's why we all laughed when I mentioned the Facebook thing. That's a mistake. If I have a problem with you, letting 10,000 strangers know about it is probably a bad idea. Why don't I go to you? If you have a problem with me, why don't you come to me? Close the door and say, hey, I think we got a problem. Well, God, help us with this? Sure, let's pray about it. God, will you help me find a time when I can talk to my neighbor? Because I'm really angry. And I don't want to be angry. I want to be able to let it go. Without wood, fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. That's why you keep it private. You're building the fire when we talk about it to others. And then we also need to do this with correct goals. If our uh, neighbor listens to us, if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. Please underline won your brother over. Won him over to what? My point of view. I told him I was right. He was stupid and wrong. Won him over. Probably not. What do we win him over to? Relationship. If your brother. I mean, the whole idea is the relationship. I want to be a good neighbor. Hey, how do we fix this? I'm sorry I've offended you. What have I done? Or am I missing something? And then if we can work out a solution, now it becomes a small thing. And I can let it go. But John... What if I meet with the guy, talk it through, and it still keeps happening? Well, that's the next step. For conflicts we cannot resolve on our own, we must get help. We've got to get help. But if you're unsuccessful, this is Matthew 18, and Jesus is the one who said this, by the way, take one or two others with you, go back again, so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Matthew 18, Jesus is talking about to disciples, how do you handle conflict? Because it's going to happen inside church. Hey, if you can't work it out on your own, these are larger issues, and I can't work it out with you, well, then i got to get help. Because now we're, now we're to here. This is getting dangerous. I'm staying angry a lot. I can't let it go. Tried talking to you. You won't listen. Well, maybe you'll listen to somebody else. The idea is to bring us back together again in right relationships. So you get a third party. Might be a friend. Might be a couple of friends. Might be a professional counselor. Can I tell you right now, if you're having a marital dispute, let's put it to marriage here, and it's been here and you've tried to talk about it, but it just keeps going, and my anger's building, and we're just fighting all the time now, can, can I beg you to come see me? Can I talk to the men here? Men, will you get help for your marriage? Men, will you get help for your marriage? Women come all the time and talk to me. 
We need help in our marriage. My husband won't come. It's nobody's business. Well, how's he handling the conflict? Oh, he's yelling and screaming and cussing. Hey, look, this is getting serious here now. There's a lot of anger here. If that's what's going on all the time, that's not good. That's not the godly life that God wants us to live. Let's get help. If your car, the, the temperature gauge in your car was getting overheating all the time, you'd stop and get help. Well, how much more important your marriage? I can't get along with a coworker. Well, get help. I can't get along with my kids. Get help. If you don't know where else to turn, please, please come see one of us. Our pastoral staff, we would love to help you. We know lots of great counselors in almost every single direction you can go. Financial, emotional, spiritual, we'll help you any way we can. But you've got to get help. I hope you hear the heart of a pastor here. Plans succeed through good counsel, Proverbs 20:18. Don't go to war without wise advice. Well, I'm not going to war, John. I just am disagreeing with my neighbor. Really? Look at Proverbs 18:19. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like gates locked with bars. You're not going to war with guns and bombs, hopefully, or anything, but you may be going into a battle. And if it's been stewing for 10 years, it might be a battle royale. We've got to get help. And then we've got to get our pride out of the way on that. That's not good. Pride's wrong too, but that's a different sermon. <laughs> now, here's what I want to give you a warning. This is the danger zone right here. This is unresolved conflict. And I'm going to put this all in red right here. This is, this is great danger. If conflict goes unresolved, I don't, I don't know what can happen here. There's no limit because we can stew on something and talk to ourselves and paint ourselves into a corner here. It happened in the first couple of chapters of the Bible. After Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, they had a son. The first son was named Cain. The second son was named Abel. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel brought a gift, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he didn't accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why, are you so, why do you look so dejected? You'd be accepted if you do what's right. But if you refuse to do what's right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out in the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. This is danger. This can lead to bitterness, violence, depression, all kinds of things. If I allow conflict to stay unresolved. I mean, realize this, it's not a small thing. I can't work it on my own. I refuse to get help or I can't get help for whatever reason. And now I've got unresolved conflict and I stay here. And we read about things like this in the paper all the time. Murder. Horrible crimes. Violence. Unspeakable evil. Or people depressed and bitter. And we know people like this, their whole lives become bitter because they can't and won't resolve. 
They won't meet with people. They won't work it through. And so they can't let it go. Please don't go there. I don't know why Cain's um, sacrifice wasn't accepted. The Bible makes it very clear there were times in Israel's history when they were offering all kinds of animals for sacrifice. And the Lord said, I hate your sacrifices. There's nothing wrong with the animals you bring in. It's your heart. It's far from me. God knows our hearts. And that's what we're talking about here today. Where's my heart? Is there somebody today that you need to work things through with today? Well, don't let the day, don't end today. Don't let the sun go down without making a plan to deal with it. You've tried. You said, well, John, I've tried. They won't listen. Well, get help. Don't stay here. Can I just beg you again? Don't stay here. Bad things happen here. If I let the sun go down on my anger and that gives the devil a foothold, well, where is he 20 years later? He's moved in. So that's the note there. Unresolved conflict can lead to bitterness, rage, depression, and violence. Let's deal with it today. Let's get help so we can let it go. Now I want to hit the last point real quickly. I also want to talk about three strategies for dealing appropriately with the anger of others towards us. Sometimes it's not that I have uh, an anger towards somebody else that, I, that I'm not working through. Sometimes, man, I got hit broadside by somebody chewing me out. What do I do then? I mean, if you run a business, uh, it's probably happened. You had an unrealistic expectation by a customer. Has that ever happened to anybody in business here? Yeah. And they're just giving you the what for. What do I do? Well, we can go, hey, they yelled at me unjustifiably. I think I'll give them the same thing back. That'll help. Probably not. So here are three things we can do. One, we can listen. Just listen. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. Of course not. I mean, what if I listened? What if I said, well, okay, and, and I really was praying the whole time. You'll see how this ties together here, but I'm asking God to show me, is there any substance to what this person's saying? Because we can get defensive and not listen at all. Oh, anything they say is wrong. Well, maybe 75% of it is, but there's even a small part that I could change. Maybe that would be enough to work it out and help them lower the anger. Can I listen? I mean, this is one of those things, if you look back at a conversation that you had with someone, did you do more listening than talking or way more talking than listening? And again, I wish I could tell you, oh, I've always listened. I haven't ever tried to talk over anybody in my life. Well, that'd just be a lie. And again, we'll get to that. That's another sermon. We need to listen more than we talk. And then we'll know better what to say anyway. If the goal is to bring back the relationship. Now, if the goal is to prove I'm right, well, bombs away. Point two, we need to fight fire with water. Now, this would seem obvious, but it's not. And when we're angry, the tendency is, give me trouble, I'll give you double. As we mentioned just a second ago. But Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, if I want to help 
others do this and they've come to talk to me and they're chewing me out, we're probably right here. They're confronting me. Well, how do I handle it when somebody confronts me? Well, I listen and then I fight fire with water. If they're using explicit language and they're and horrible tones and yelling, well, what if I didn't? And what if I calm things down so the fire would go out? Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. This is Paul in Romans 12. The scriptures say, I'll take revenge. I'll pay him back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And doing this, you'll heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Can I get you a cup of coffee? I'm glad to come meet you. I'd like to talk to you face to face. If I've done something wrong, I'd like to hear you out. Oh, well, I didn't think you'd be willing to listen. Well, I am. That doesn't mean the person's right again. In fact, if we hear them, we might be able to do a much better job of explaining our case. And they go, oh, I, oh. Thirdly, we need to pray. And I could have put pray on the first one too, but I thought I'd just wrap up with that one because that's always right, whether we're angry at somebody else or not, or they're angry at us. Wherever we are in here, if it's a small thing, Lord, help me forgive that guy in Atlanta that's driving like a fool. <laughs> and thank you, Lord, he didn't hit me. Help me let it go. Lord, there are uh, issues that have been repeated here. Father, help me have a good conversation. Lord, I'm taking a friend of mine or my wife and I or my child and I or whoever it is, we're going to go see a counselor. We're going to get a third party in here because we can't work this out. Would you bless that third party so they'll know what to say so we can work this out? Lord, I should have done this five years ago, but I'm going to go contact my brother. We haven't spoken in five years and we're both waiting for the other person to be the bigger man, and Lord, I need you to be the bigger God in my life because I'm bound down to anger. So help me be the person I need to be. And I told you when we started this, this is stuff we all need to hear. I doubt there's one of us here that couldn't have found at least one thing we could take home. But what if this was our goal this week? To surrender to the Lord? To build relationships, not tear them down? Anger is terribly powerful. And it's right to be angry about injustice. But even then, we have to channel our anger in the right way. We can't just go do whatever we want. But it's not right if we just harbor anger when somebody just hurt our feelings. Can we pray about this together? Well, Father, this is an important lesson. And as a pastor, I just I see it all the time. And Lord, it's not just that I see it in other people's lives. I see it in my own. Father, there's not a one of us here who likes it when people chew us out or blame us for something we didn't do. There's not a one of us here who... Uh, who never gets crosswise with anybody else. And sometimes, Father, it's our fault, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes, even when it's our fault, we don't want to admit it. 
God, Cain harbored his bitterness and it led him to killing his brother. And Lord, we're in the newspaper where people do this all the time. That wasn't an isolated incident. That was just the first. And Father, I don't want sin and anger to spread in my life and cause me to become a flood. That just destroys things. The Lord spoke to you about anything, maybe about confronting someone, maybe about letting go, maybe about getting help. Whatever it is, would you say, Lord, I heard you today. I heard you. Help me do what's right. Oh, Father, I thank you that you wanted Cain to go talk to his brother Abel and be reconciled. You even encouraged him to do so. And all that's recorded for us, so we will do so, because sin could be crouching at the door ready and waiting to destroy us. We know the devil is a roaring lion looking for souls to devour, and this is a powerful tool to help us help destroy us and bring us down. So Lord, help us deal with our anger. And if we don't know what to do, help us get good counsel. I pray for myself and the rest of our pastoral staff at Center Point that we'll do our best to give godly wisdom, to pray with people, and help them go the right way. Please, Father, let us be peacemakers. In the wonderful name of Christ our Lord, the one who prayed for his enemies, the one who died for his enemies, the one who said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, even while they were nailing them on the cross. I want to be like him. He is my Lord, he is my Savior, and God, I can't do that without your help. In the name of this Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.